Retro Rebel is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels release Fridays and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacy and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host Amanda. Hello. Man, I didn't think we were going to make it through that. That was concerning, but we did it. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to make it. Thank God we've gotten to this point. Oh, well, how are you? How are things? Let's moving right along. No, no, no sense in fine. no sense in focusing on the negative. So yeah, maybe we don't focus on the fact that intro <laughs> took four tries. Anyhow, <laughs> no today it's good. The weather's calmed down. It's a bit rainy. I'm recording this at night my time, and uh, it's it's been a very intense Monday start to the week. So I'm feeling the pressure. I'm looking forward to talking about some games. Right. And the games I've been playing. Me too, and I actually have been playing a lot. Uh, So we might as well get right into it. So what have you been playing? Well, I recently did one of my famous game pass roulettes where I basically try to free up space on my hard drive by playing games I downloaded and not tried. Ah, okay. So that led me to play both uh, Soul Calibur VI and Day Z. Have you played either of those games? When was Soul Calibur released? Soul Calibur six, uh, probably within the last couple of years. It seems no, pretty negative, new. No. Yeah, I have not played it then. Okay, well, let me tell you about these games, and let me tell you <laughs> why you should just immediately delete them from your hard drive. No, I'm just Fantastic. kidding. <laughs> Look, Soul Calibur has some redeeming qualities. I played the story mode because I was interested in. You can make your own character and sort of go through this adventure thing with them. But the loading times were so excruciatingly long that I literally cannot play it. Like, it's frustrating to no end. The, the loading times are like two minutes per level. And you know how fighting games are over in 30 seconds. So you get like 30 seconds of gameplay. and Well, at least for me, because, you know, I get KOs first round every time. <laughs> okay. So, you right. know. Exactly. I employ a very high-level strategy called mash the buttons and trigger all the basic combos that you learn, and that's it. So, you know, right. that's that's how I roll. But anyway, um, you can watch some of it on my Twitch stream if you don't believe that the loading times are insane. Um, I, I think I had a five-minute stream, and it was like a single stage, like like one fight, maybe two maximum. And that's, that's a long time. Like, they really need to do something. I'm hoping with the new consoles where they're not supposed to have loading times like this that we might actually be able to enjoy a story mode in a game like that but I basically deleted it because it was wasting more time than I was getting to enjoy playing. Day Z is ugly and boring. <laughs> Day Z well, looks like the red-headed stepchild of Pugji had like a okay. zombie knockoff bastard baby. Well, that's not nice. It doesn't look good, like, at all. It's got the, like, really annoying survival mechanics that we've all come to know and hate. Um, Yeah. And I played for over 20 minutes and did not find a single weapon in the world at all and only encountered zombies once. And I ran into the water and they couldn't get me. Do you know what I mean? Every house that yeah. I went to had, like, no loot in it. It was just really, really dull and boring. I mean, I, the most fun that I had was, like, collecting sticks in the woods. Like That sounds awful. Yeah, it was really bad. I think it's, like, it's supposed to be a multiplayer experience, so, like, perhaps people that started on the map earlier than me, like, already cleaned out every area near where I spawned, but I couldn't see any vehicles that I could drive. I didn't 
you know, I'd never played the game before, so I didn't know that, like, in the mountains, there's literally nothing. So I spent most of the time just running around in the mountains where there's no zombies and no resources, and my character's stomach was growling in the most annoying way towards the end, and I was just like, if I go in this building and there's nothing, then I'm just, like, done. Like, I found food, but it was canned food, and I didn't have a can opener or, like, any way to use it, so... Yeah, that sounds... That does sound miserable, like almost too um, too realistic. Oh, that's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, like way too realistic, but also like sort of crappy, like steam green light level graphics. Do you know what I mean? And right. I remember the hype about this game coming out. And it's it's not that new. It's several years old. But I remember like the big hype. I, I remember seeing videos and thinking like, oh, this looks really good. Like I want to play it. And now that I played it, like I'm so glad that I didn't spend the 30 quid to download and play it when I was watching the like preview videos because it's honestly crap. Like, please somebody comment, find us on Facebook, whatever, if you think that it's good and you can tell me what I did wrong. But uh, I've got like a 25 minute Twitch screen of just sadness <laughs> and complaining. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so the, the, is that the only games that you played, or did you? No, did, were there are, any old no, trustees in there? No, those are the only two games I played, and I really feel bad that that's what I did with my time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, you will be happy to know, maybe anyone else listening that's tired of hearing me go on about Ghost of Tsushima. Might be happy to know that I did finish it. I have, well done, you! Uh, I have... Now, I beat the game, but I'll get to that in just a second, what that it means exactly. Uh, but I want to talk about a couple other games first before I go to Ghost of Tsushima, because I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. But the first game that I that I want to talk about is uh, a game I got on... It was a, a, it was a flash sale on Steam... Uh, and it was recommended to me based on some of the other games that I have in my library. And it's called Kathy Rain. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure game. Definitely not in your not your cup of tea, I don't think. It wasn't sounding uh, like it. No, no. It's it's a uh, it's an indie game, and it I think it's I think it was developed by Clifftop Games is who made it. But I, you can tell it's a very small team, and that's not a knock on the on the game per se. But you can just tell because. It's it's one of the m- more simple uh, point and click adventure games that I've played in terms of there's there's not a lot of uh, interaction maybe with your environment which you know that is the case with some of these games to begin with but uh, this just happens to be a, a simpler version of those so you can tell it's a small team anyway I even I enjoyed what I played of it I I, I didn't get uh, real far played a few hours of it. Uh, I feel like I was actually probably pretty close to the end of the game, anyway, uh, and I, I just had to I had to stop because I had something else that I needed to do. But those games are really um, some of the some of the tropes that are typical of point and click adventure games are like absurd puzzles where you have to combine items that just don't make sense to combine to complete puzzles. You know, so it's not real intuitive. They're usually pretty challenging. Wait, is uh, it like one, the goat headbutt thing? That is that is one of those, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Where you're like, nobody would have ever thought that, and most people didn't. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's why that particular puzzle was so famous. This one is a little bit more intuitive as to what you can do. Uh, it's a little simpler, uh, and so it's like a good starting point if somebody just wanted to uh, play a pretty cheap, I think it was four bucks. Uh, and it, it, uh, you know, it's, it's a good entry level point and click adventure game. You play as this girl, uh, who more or less, uh, becomes a detective, uh, as she's trying to sort out some of her family history. Um, you get a phone call or there was a call to your roommate who, uh, lets you know that your grandfather passed away. And so you're kind of estranged from your family. Uh, you have, like dark purple hair and you drive a chopped up Harley. Sweet, uh, or I'm into a it. Chopper. Yeah. And so uh so you ride, you ride back uh on your motorcycle and and uh I mean it's very there are a lot of the stereotypical things of what you might think a girl who rides a Harley might be. Like and again I'm being stereotypical, uh emotionally distant kind of Does she like classic uh, rock music? 
Uh, most likely, but there's not much music uh, in terms of like popular music in the game. Does she swear uh, a lot? She does. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So think of your cliches. She does wear a leather jacket and boots in every in pretty much every scene that uh, she's in. Uh, it's it's just a. a I mean, side that's just that practical, of. though. You don't want like. Well, I agree. Rash. Not only that, but no bags on her bike, and so I don't know what she would have where she would have put her belongings. Oh, her underwear with. dirty. Uh, so you know, we're not reading too much into I'm it. I'm reading it was, into it. it. Was Shame on her. Fun. It was fun, uh, fun enough. Uh, I did not hate it anyway, and so uh, I'll go back to it and probably finish it. It was cheap, and and uh, it's on Steam right now, and that's it, it. Came out in 2016. It just was a flash sale. Oh, that's uh, nice. They, yeah, I mean for four um, bucks if you have fun for four bucks. Yeah, it was it was a few hours of fun, so it was good four bucks. Uh, and and then the next game I didn't pay anything for, and that was Fall Guys. I'm really jealous that you can play Fall Guys. It looks so cute. It is adorable and it is fun, and I laughed my butt off at uh, some of it. I mean, my my son and I, you can't play together obviously because it's a it's a uh, battle royale, um, and so we would take turns playing. I'm terrible at it. I am just absolutely terrible at it. But I laughed so much because it's like. Uh, I think is it Takeshi's Castle or or one of those. Oh yeah, like big shows. red balls, like all those. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and you're and you run around as like this this weeble wobble with legs and arms, and you're <laughs> everything that hits you, you just kind of fall over. I love that you're describing. It's like the most popular game right now. Full stop. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like people and, are obsessed and, uh, with it. It's fun, and it's fun, and and uh, you know you. You decorate your weeble wobble however you want to, and then you run out there and try. Everybody's running like a madman to to get to the end, and uh, just the way they run and the way they fall, and the fact you get smacked all over the screen, and you don't just get up. It's like it takes you a second to get up and get moving again, and there's a little bit of a delay. I thought weebles wobbled, but they didn't fall down. Just saying. Oh, it is a good point. These are not good weeble wobbles. They are. They have legs, and so if you didn't have legs, you couldn't move, but you wouldn't get knocked over. They look like little little pills, little pill boys. They are. They roly polies. are. They and it's and it's just it's just a lot of fun, and so uh, I've played that a lot, and I'm not any good at it at all, but it's fun. <laughs> I can't that, wait till that, it comes to Xbox. They're saying soon. Well, good, and if that's the case, then we can play. Uh, Maybe we can all play. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be on, like, Donkey Kong. We'll have to do, like, an Instagram live and, like, absolutely. do, like, a, we'll just all try to get into a lobby at the same time. It'll be really disorganized. Oh I can't God. wait. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. And I don't even get out of the – it's like – it'd be like the dad that's just stuck in the corner and doesn't know how to use the the, the analog sticks and is just, you know – didn't know how to get out of the corner. That will be me. I'll be the one that keeps falling up. Doesn't ever qualify for anything, and just laughs. Um, it was fun. Last uh, last game uh, though that I played, and I, like I said, I finally finished it. That's Ghosts of Tsushima, and uh, post mortem, it's it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time. One of the most fun games that I've ever played. Uh, gameplay wise, it's it's never got it. It is repetitive. In the best way possible, like the what they ask you to do from a, a the fighting mechanic standpoint, from beginning to end, it's consistent and it's a lot of fun. And so I I never minded, and in fact, that's one of the things, one of the positives, in my opinion. Uh, when you finish the game, and this is minor spoilers for if minor spoilers for Ghosts of Tsushima, when you finish the game and you and you beat the final boss. And I put that in quotes. You beat the final boss. Um, you have an opportunity to go back and finish storylines, clear other villages, anything that you didn't finish beforehand. Because it's kind of like, you know, do you remember in Fable where you had, or in Mass Effect where you had to, uh, you had to amass all of your resources or you had to, you had so many quests that you had to complete before you ventured and fought the final boss. And once you did that, though, you could never go back, mm-hmm. right? And so 
they have there are a couple points in the game where that's the case where you get uh, where you're exiled and you can't go back and and uh, complete any any of those old quests. But after you finish the like I said the the boss, you actually can go back and complete any of that stuff. So if you wanted to make a completion run, or you could you do know, it after story the fact. Lines, that's you nice. You could go do it after. Yeah, that's that was really cool. And so I'm technically done with the game. Like I've seen the ending and and whatever else. And I uh, I got probably I think I got like sixty percent of the of the trophies uh, in my first playthrough. And as I have time, I'll probably go back and revisit it because it was just that much fun to uh, to go dive back into that world. And and uh, there's just I don't have anything really negative that I can say about it. So anyway, it's a good game and I finally finished it. So well done you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well that brings us to news. You got any any news you'd like to share? I got a couple things, but I have precisely three news. Three news. Proceed. Alright, so the first news is that due to the pandemic, the UK Defense Ministry has authorized additional spending on war games. Hmm. So essentially, the uh, defense arm of the government has said that if there was more advanced uh, AI simulators and virtually rea- virtual reality simulators of things like contagion spread and stuff like that, that the pandemic would have been better controlled in the UK. So they have escalated spending with their lead development firm which is like an off-site contractor it's not like a big name in standard gaming i think they're very specialized the type of game developers that make this sort of stuff anyway their goal is to create extremely precise um virtual reality maps of places in the uk in order to track like you know power stations and water supplies and you know traffic patterns and all sorts it seems pretty cool and uh They've decided to prioritize that because in the future, it might help with things like a pandemic. Wow. Okay. Well, that sounds like a positive. Typically, when I hear things, I approach it from the American perspective, which is if the military is doing it, it's probably not necessarily relevant to me or we'll leave it at that. So <laughs> it'll, my, it'll let uh, them carry out drills and stuff like virtually, right, so they'll be right. better prepared. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows you how almost ubiquitous uh, video games are now too, with just life in general. Uh, you know, that it reminds me the what I mentioned to you in chat uh, not too long ago about uh, wanting to reach out to you know Jim Sterling about that book that I was reading. Um, called Irresistible, and it's a book uh, about our tech addiction. Actually, it's about addictions in general, but tech addiction specifically, and how these addictions, specifically tech addiction, but many others as well, uh, are also, if not explicitly and completely, behavior addictions, behavioral addictions. And so, uh, in many ways, Uh, And I say this, I will tie it all together to something that's related. Um, We, uh, because of our, of how integrated technology is, you know, it is just a part of our lives. And, but just because we have to do it or we, it is integrated doesn't necessarily mean that we even like it, especially uh, with, with social media and with, uh, with technology in general. A lot of times we will perform certain things the behavior alone is what gives us a a dopamine response so pulling your phone out of your pocket or your purse actually gives you a dopamine response whether you check it or not checking it to no avail still gave you a a dopamine response checking it and getting a like or uh you know or, or a comment is another small dopamine response and so all these things are things people they they know and they realize and anyway that book is it's fascinating to see how that information has been used for all the games uh that we play so i mean it's it's great to see that there is a practical application of gaming in in the military we see it i see it with uh with patients 
Uh, I have friends in social work and psychology, and they use gaming in those areas as well. Healthcare does. I swear, there's like a proctology simulator with like a fake bum. I've seen that on the internet. (laughs) That's not even a joke. Like I believe it. Uh, and you did, and you did, uh, you played a game uh, where you could manage a hospital. That was so. super fun, even for a kids' game. It was super fun. <laughs> well, my first uh, bit of news is uh, is following up on this this Apple slash oh god, oh I know slash Google slash Epic. Uh, if you listen to or watch Jim Sterling's episode uh, this week, he. Uh, sarcastically goes in on all three of them and basically just saying if they could all just eat each other, um, that that would be ideal. And, and, uh, this article was, was, uh, reported on by CNBC and it says, uh, Microsoft warns the courts that Apple blocking Epic will hurt the game's business. Um, there was a, uh, a headline that Apple is, is holding, uh, the game engine Unreal game engine hostage. That is true. Uh, that was reported on by Jim today because basically yeah. Apple is saying that if uh, Epic don't play ball, that they're going to kick every Unreal Engine game off their platform. Right. So basic, <laughs> his analogy was you've got two bullies and they're punching a third kid and they're blaming, the bullies are blaming each other for making them do it. You know, and so you definitely see the positive in, yeah, more money to the game developers who create these games for those platforms is a net positive, I would say, for the businesses, the small companies that are trying to put their their games onto iTunes and, and Google. Um, maybe Epic's not the the best Exam, you know, I. This is just not the end of this. Uh, oh, you know, 100%. Microsoft, Sony. Uh, but if Microsoft teams up with Epic, then there's a good chance that Microsoft Project X Cloud could get greenlit if they help um, Epic win this lawsuit. Right. Well, and I think that that should be followed i think we should you know follow that relatively closely if you're interested in in this this uh, particular story follow you know uh, it's not just epic in their uh, battling against google and, and and apple epic is supported by microsoft sony's invested 250 million dollars in them tencent owns like a, a minority stake in 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 uh in epic to begin with and so and tencent is a is a billion dollar company they own so tiktok you, or part of tiktok controlling interest yeah exactly exactly and so tiktok suing uh, the u.s government it's great this is great yeah i think it's excellent listen you wanted a capitalist society this is what happens a lulz. that's right <laughs> yeah yeah ah man it's it's gonna get interesting anyway uh, and so that's, I only have two bits. And so I'll give you my, my other little bit. No, no, here. I have more um, bits. I have more bits. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I have lots more bits. Okay. So Twitch prime is now prime gaming. So Amazon customers, they now get free access to the premium version of uh, Twitch, I think for six months, but maybe it might be inclusive for the life of their subscription. I don't know. That part of the story wasn't super clear. But you can get access to it as part of Amazon Prime. And it's a rebrand of a previous offering with their new like Amazon Prime naming convention. But what's funny is I had never heard of the fact that you could get Twitch Premium if you were an Amazon Prime subscriber prior to this. Yeah. So like it's quite good that they've rebranded it because I think it makes people like more aware that the offer is available because I literally had no idea. Yeah, it's the only reason I have Twitch Prime. Yeah, I mean, I I don't, me personally, I don't care about Twitch Prime, but apparently you can get free games through it now, so. Well, you can get free games, you can get free um, crossover things, so I've gotten pets and mounts and other things for Warcraft because of Twitch Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, exclusive characters on um, Heroes of the Storm, I think, as that well. That really sounds like a perfect segue to our main topic. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> I just have um I have one more piece of moderate news and that's that there's been a lot of speculation swirling about Halo Infinite being canceled for Xbox One. And really? Yeah. So the rumor started circulating because there's been some reports coming out of four three four or three four three studios that even with pushing the deadline back, they're starting to think it might be 2022 in order to deliver on the graphical expectations of the customer base. You know, obviously they did the stream, people moaned about it, and now they're a bit scared. Um, so essentially they were saying like, oh, well, it might take even longer than what we've said. And that caused people to skep- speculate, well, well, if they drop the Xbox One support, would they be able to get the game out faster? Like if they just put it directly for the Xbox Series X, would that make the game launch quicker? But all the news reports that I've read from legitimate sources said that's really unlikely, especially because of the smart delivery system, the fact that Xbox One is still a very important console, the fact that Microsoft isn't really pushing the Series X, like they really don't care if you upgrade or don't. Do you know, like, so it's unlikely that that'll be the case. Okay. Well, good news then, maybe. Yes. No. Um, well, my last bit of news, uh, and I this was reported on comicbook.com, but I think it was uh, repeating, uh, or re, you know, uh, re, re-reporting, so to speak, uh, is that Cyberpunk 2077 is going to get free DLC. Woo! Yeah, and so, um, and I'm sure that there will be... Uh, DLC to, that you can pay for in the future, uh, much like uh, The Witcher. I'd imagine that they'd follow up with this game with with maybe some additional storylines or, or something. I, I don't know. It'd be hard to speculate at this point. But uh, but that's it. I mean, I just think CD Projekt Red has has uh, done they they done the the gaming business goods. They they do it good, and they they put out a good product. They're uh, they're good to their to the fans and and the and the the fans of their games, uh, and so they they uh, inject a lot of goodwill I think and and I thought this was just a a, a positive, um, a net positive especially considering my first news story. So yay, all good news for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good news. Well, that brings us to our main topic, uh, which, as you said, is is a was a nice segue from. Uh, a, a little bit of crossover, maybe. Um, uh, but we we want to talk about some of the crossovers that are in gaming and, and uh, ga- maybe even crossovers we'd like to see. And do we even want them in gaming? Is it even necessary or something that's uh, desirable? And so I've got a f- I've got a couple. I think you have a lot more than I do, but I do have thoughts. Uh, and I think that's where my <laughs> the, my focus is. But uh yeah, you wouldn't yeah, want to so put too much research into it, Stacy. That would be, I, I <laughs> be dug. too far. I, I truly dug, and <laughs> and I was I took I took cues from your list, and I was like, and like I said, I, I, when I get to my thoughts, then I'll explain why I only selected these two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- I have shall a, I have we a, shall we start with some reasons. famous examples then? Yeah, of, let's of do some famous mean. examples. Okay. Well, since I have the bigger list, uh, maybe you go first. So then if there's any crossover, Perfect. I won't steal your ideas. Right. And, and so I can list uh, a number of, of, I think, of crossovers that I thought were um, like, but I think, I, I guess it depends on kind of what we're, what we're talking about. Are we talking about just like gaming and products in the real world or like gaming crossovers where you have games crossing over with other games? I think it's any sort of cross-promotion. So anytime something outside of a franchise is brought into a franchise in order to increase sales of the other franchise. Right. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if that was the case because then there's there's two right off the bat just from Nintendo uh, that I was thinking of with uh, the the Mario and the Rabbids uh, game, uh, which is actually a lot of fun. Um, and a, a combination that you wouldn't have even thought 
<laughs> had any business that that game if you followed it i think there's a documentary for it too it's it's uh you probably can find it on youtube it's actually a really sweet story uh it's a french developer um that that it was really a labor of love and you can tell how much effort went into making that such an enjoyable experience uh and then also you know sonic and mario olympics you know you've got that uh and so definitely uh there are some really good examples of how it's done. Uh, uh, I think it's Marvel versus Capcom fighting-wise. Probably one of my favorite fighting games and probably one that you would excel at because it, it definitely benefits from just button mashing. Which is an elite technique, and we've discussed this. And we have discussed this. Uh, <laughs> just pick whoever. Doesn't matter. You get three fighters and just mash the buttons. That's it. That's right. Just rake your face on the keyboard. Um, and, and I, and I'll think of a couple other as, as I know you, you list, uh, as, as, you know, well, if you're on the Nintendo side, like, aren't there lots of characters from movies and other games that you can play in a lot of games that are on Nintendo? Like, I swear like Link shows up in stuff when you're not expecting him to. Well, it's not necessarily. It's Link doesn't necessarily. Mario does. Mario is one of the characters that crosses over in more games, I think, than any other character in the Nintendo lineup. You got Mario in uh, in Punch Out. You have him in. He's the referee in like every. Isn't Link in like one of the Mortal Kombat's or the Soul Calibur? No, that's and that's it's Soul Calibur, and and that was another one that I thought of. You had, but that was the thing. Depending on where you bought it. If you which console you bought it for, you had a different crossover. So Soul Calibur had uh, Link was in on the on the Nintendo crossover. I think Xbox had Yoda. Yeah, I think that's right, actually. Yeah, and then uh, for the PlayStation, you may have had Darth Vader or I can't remember who the who the but there was a crossover with Star Wars and a fighting game, which is, in my opinion, the only time Star Wars characters were properly integrated into a fighting game uh there is a the game that will not be named <laughs> that was on playstation uh, playstation or playstation 2 i can't remember it's just a trash game uh where it's just star wars characters uh and they're fighting and it's it's not it's not good but yeah so yeah absolutely you you've had link uh, up here uh in in a game um Star Wars characters have crossed over. Uh, you've got Spider Man was I think Spider Man was in Tony Hawk. That's know, as weird. one of the characters, yeah, that you could unlock in Tony Hawk. Uh, but one of the weirdest ones that I've seen uh, is, and I when I was doing research for this, I was like, uh, you know, some of these I was very familiar with. Some of them I'd actually unlocked or seen myself, but. Uh, apparently Monster Hunter is is a game that has had a tremendous amount of crossover. And they had a list uh, of, of crossovers in the Monster Hunter uh, franchise. And everything from Hello Kitty, Metal Gear, Devil May Cry, uh, Sailor Moon, all of those have crossed over into Monster Hunter. But the one that seemed the most random, and it's because there was a cross-promotion with this company, was Pizza Hut. And it's only in, you know, an R.I.P. Pizza Hut. I don't know if you followed that. I don't uh, know. Pizza Hut up. makes more sense to me than Hello Bloody Kitty. In Japan? I don't know. I don't know. These are mostly oh. crossovers in Japan. I just, it, it didn't. Yeah, I would agree. Pizza None of them Hut, sense, I get. Like, so. Pizza Hut makes sense. Because didn't Domino's have, like, a proprietary? They do. They have a proprietary delivery app for the Xbox. So, like, it makes sense. Do they? They do. Now, that I didn't know. Yes, they do. And know. it'll um, give you a notification when your pizza's on its way in-game. So, you know when it's coming. So, you can find a good save point. Yeah, I I do use it upon occasion. Actually, it's still pretty do good. You? Yeah, <laughs> that is so it's awesome. still pretty good. But that's so I think 
what you're talking about are like franchise crossovers and stuff or like playable characters and then you have like the other style which is like when games come out into the real world so like when you have like the halo 3 and mountain dew um like citrus flavor combination uh i think it was called game fuel uh it came out like in 2013 uh so that's a specific flavor designed around Halo 3. Um, then the Sky Sports banners that you see inside of FIFA games, which are right. accurate to the banners that you see inside live sports stadiums, but your brain doesn't realize that you're being advertised to like real-world stuff in a game that you've paid money for. Do you know what I mean? Because right. it is accurate. Right. They are in the stadium but you are getting advertised to in a game that you've paid like full price for. And then stuff that is real world things that goes into games, sometimes in very high levels of detail, like um, any car racing game, like Forza, whatever, you know, the manufacturers, they really want you to want their cars in the real world. Do you know, like they want those cars to look so good, perform so well, so that there's a chance that if you get rich enough, that you might spend your money on your favorite Aston Martin or whatever you played in Forza. So like a lot. If you don't get it all stolen uh, <laughs> in in FIFA. Yeah, basically. So um, that's pretty common. And then you have ones that maybe make slightly less sense, like the album that was dropped inside Fortnite or the Fortnite. Yeah. Um, it was a rapper. I don't remember his name. It doesn't matter. It's just a rapper like released his like exclusive album launch inside Fortnite and even had like his own character avatar and it was like it stopped gameplay and like lots of stuff was happening and but that's sort of weird though because it doesn't make sense for the Fortnite story, which I'll get into later, but that's like a very bizarre example. Fortnite does a lot of cross promotions. Right now, Marvel Avengers is being cross promoted. You can play in an Aquaman skin. It does sort of look like Jason Momoa, which is weird, you know? Um, yeah. They had the big spoilers for Star Wars The Last Skywalker. Was that the last one? The Last Skywalker? Is that what it was called? Um, uh, the last Star Wars that just came who knows? out. It doesn't matter. But anyway, they actually ended up having spoilers in Fortnite. If you watch the like Fortnite teaser event, that people didn't know that Palpatine was going to be in it until then. Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? Okay. Um, and okay. so Fortnite players saw it first. And then the last one, and most recent one that's obviously just been happening the last couple of weeks, is all these brands submitting custom skins for Fall Guys. So that's, like, I think a pretty uh, broad spectrum. I mean, you have, like, right. in-game posters and in-game advertisements for real-world stuff. You have, like, yeah. um, characters that cross over uh, from either real-world right. stuff or other video game franchises. And then you have uh, real-world stuff that's the core focus of the game. So things like Forza um, or uh, in Sims 4 where you can get real, like, not Apple AirPods, but you get the point, like things that look and are sponsored by specific brands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think those are like the main ones. So you have like passive advertisements in games, external real world advertisements of games stuff. So the Mountain Dew one, Um, video games that are core created in order to sell things like cars and stuff like that. <laughs> right. And yeah. then uh, cross promotions of characters from franchises, whatever, 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 skins, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Right. No, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I think that that's pretty much the main three categories. And we've listed a number of, of uh, examples. I had one other one that, that uh, I, I wanted to mention. I don't even know if you can buy them anymore. Um, but this was probably still back when you were playing World of Warcraft. Um, Warcraft, they haven't really had any, uh, I'm trying to think of any crossover, crossovers with any other games that aren't Blizzard. Um, but there was a real world product uh, called Mana Potions uh, that, that was released in 2008. 
And these mana potions were uh, basically like, I think the equivalent of a cup of coffee. But the cool thing, cool being relative if you played the game, is uh, that they looked exactly like the mana potion icon at the time. And so they, you can still Google it. I mean, I think it's uh, at mana potion or mana potions.com. Um, I don't know if you can still order uh, them or not, but the site or the link is still active. Um, and they still look exactly like they did 12 is years ago. Is it like ago. an energy um, drink or something? It's an energy drink, yeah. Oh, 75 yeah. milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. Uh, but they're blue and they're small and they're blue and they've, they're like a little energy shot. Were they made by basically. Blizzard? No, they were not. But I think that they were made in in good faith with them or like uh, as a kind of a, a companion right, to the game. Right, fair enough. But it, it wasn't necessarily a, the, an actual crossover. But it is – It's you You cannot distinguish between the a picture looking at the Mana Potion and it is it is obvious that it was, it was fashioned after the actual Mana Potion. I swear I've Mana seen Nuka-Cola's for sale somewhere. Really? Yeah. Well, that would be. Maybe I'm hallucinating. Yeah. Maybe it's an Etsy thing, but I know that like not Epic, but like other producers were creating like slurp juice and stuff from Fortnite and then selling it and then getting in loads of trouble for bootlegging their trademarks. Lols. Right. Of course. Yeah. Although, have you ever watched Futurama drink drinks slurm? Slurm. I don't know, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. So oh what do you think about these core types of promotions? So should should we start with the one that you mentioned first, which is characters going back and forth in between franchises? Right. Characters going back and forth between franchises is one thing, and I'm, I completely support that. Like, I actually think that that's – sometimes that's a way – it rejuvenated Sonic, I think, in a lot of ways. And so using that particular example, I think that's a way it was used for good. Um, you didn't necessarily have to unlock Sonic. I mean, Sonic came with the game. All the characters from the Sonic games came, uh, you know, as a package – and that was part of the selling point is Sega and Nintendo coming together and creating this game where all those characters can coexist. I, I, I do kind of have a problem with the exclusivity of the characters, you know, per, you know, Link only in the Nintendo one, uh, you know, so that you had to buy. You'd have to have all of the the uh, the systems and buy a game for each system to get Darth Vader or Yoda or to be able to get all of the characters and actually get to play with all those characters. So, you know, I'm not the, I'm not one that's, that is completely opposed to there being differences between the different consoles. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not something enough. It's not enough for, to me to buy all those games just because of the characters that are released. So I'm not necessarily as big a fan of the exclusivity or having to pay extra to get those characters into the game. But I definitely am all for uh, character crossovers in other games. I think that that's pretty cool. See, that's funny because I am opposed to it when it makes no sense. So, so no Hello Kitty. No, your, no uh, Hello monster. Kitties. Like no Darth Vader in a fighting game that, you know, because Darth, like aesthetically, doesn't make any sense. Yoda aesthetically doesn't make any sense. Also, they're from space and a galaxy far, far away. So, like, timelines, <laughs> doesn't it? Like, how do they end up there? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I enjoy it when there's crossover that has some sort of, like, natural synergy. So, like, DC Online, for example, if they teamed up with Marvel on something and did a crossover between Marvel Adventures and their It'd franchise. Be like, the biggest thing ever. like that would make sense, but that's what I'm saying it would make sense cuz they're all superheroes and like it makes sense. Or if they took superheroes from like other smaller comments, like they had a new world that opened up that was The Walking Dead would make perfect sense. The Walking Dead is also a comic. Do you know what I mean? Like I think it would make yeah. sense like if it makes sense within the genre and it makes sense aesthetically then i'm all for it but if it's just like well if we put star wars on it then it'll sell more copies i kind of feel yeah, yeah that's disingenuous about it. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Okay, so what about the next one? So um, games that are basically designed from the ground up to sell real-world products, like pretty much every car game, flight simulator, like you name it. The Burger King game, the Pepsi Man game, the... Even like oh, really high-end games like uh, Sims 4, you know, the it's still at the end of the day designed to like sell products. And if you play Sims... I think, like, the mobile game, they have, like, sponsored packs from brands that are, like, get the, I don't know, the Etsy mirror or whatever. Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about that? No, I, I think that's also trash. I think that's, that is garbage. Uh, no way. Nope. And I, probably because I've I've played games for so long and been a game fan for so long and I'm a little bit cynical. Anything I see like that is a major turnoff in terms of the game. Like I've got no desire to play it unironically. Well, or to take part in it unironic unironically. Well, like if I was playing cuz I like to play Sims. We've talked about this. And I don't own yes. Sims. I play it whenever they give it to me for free, which isn't often, well, but you, you know, when they give it to me, I right. play it. So the one thing I can say is is that when you're trying to create like a simulated world or a hyper simulated world, which is like the best world you could have, like it does feel a bit weird that the like video gaming console that you can have in your house isn't a name that you recognize because part of you identifies ma- like making it with having that sort of stuff. So for me I'm of two minds like when I look at Forza do I really think that the game would be as effective if it was like treated cars like Grand Theft Auto does where they're like pseudo simulated versions of real cars and like not called the same thing you know like the Chevy Carrera or whatever you know like and it's called something completely different I don't think the game would be as effective for enthusiasts. And I think that's who it's aimed at. Because if you wanted to play a train simulating game and you couldn't drive the specific type of train that you've like loved since you were a kid, I don't think it would have the same value to you. And I don't think it's a very mainstream sort of game. So I think if you care about your Forzas and your train simulators, flight simulators, whatever, I think it makes perfect sense that they're real world stuff because the people who play them would have wanted to experience that forever. And it's like an opportunity to actually experience it. And I think some other games like Grand Theft Auto and Sims 4 could actually benefit by having more real world stuff because I would feel... I would feel like I had achieved more if my simulated Sims 4 house environment actually looked like what I would want my future house when I'm going to be a millionaire to like actually look like, you know, complete with an Xbox console and, you know, an 8K TV. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. But I would think that everything would need to be sarcastic, though. I would think or or cynical is the wrong word, but but basically satirical. So with, uh, you know, with Grand Theft Auto as an example, I think having those products in there, but having them named different and obnoxious, uh, just to prove the point that, you know, that the marketing and the, that it's, that, that it's subversive and, and that, you know, the whole, I mean, basically what Grand Theft Auto is for the most part, you know, so I think that might be a game where it, it would make more sense to have mocked up. Uh, products that are similar to what you would already have in the real world, but but just named uh, slightly differently. Yeah. So that you. Could but if tell it's an difference. actual simulator, don't you think it should be as realistic For sure. as possible? Yeah. No, no, no. I absolutely. I I think so. And and so like in The Sims, that makes sense. Uh, but I would really, I really think that's probably the extent of it, right? I mean, that's. I don't think that it that stuff like that really. Um, makes sense to have anywhere else. Really? To, to because kind of... don't you think that Call of Duty would be better if you could have like a like a Winchester or something? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, right. I kind of think it would be. It would, but just think of the implication and again, just thinking out loud of Remington uh, sponsoring a video game. You know, gun the, the, the gun industry 
I mean, they should, though, because, like, Fishing Simulator, Fishing Simulator has real fishing brands in it. Just saying. I could see, like, in the Hunting Simulator that Browning be a, a sponsor. I think Call of Duty with its... I, 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 I'm I not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying the optics probably aren't great. I mean, it's rated with, M for mature. Yeah, so I'm just going to go back to parenting. Like, I'm going to be honest. Is it rational? Does it make sense? I would yes. love to shoot an actual Beretta. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, right. I would like to shoot, like, an actual Desert Eagle. Not, like, you know, USA Pride or, like, whatever they call it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah, but I can see what you're saying. Like, the optics aren't great. But I think that has more to do with people not taking responsibility for their parenting. Because if you're a grown adult and you want to shoot people with, like, realistic weapons in a fake environment, I think that's probably healthier than shooting people in a real environment. So <laughs> I think that's uh, that's probably indisputable. I Yay, would say. nailed it. But it's also <laughs> probably in a lot of ways more uh, attainable and achievable than shooting the same weapons in a testing range or whatever. Like, not everybody has access to that. Even if I went to a shooting range here in this country, they're unlikely right. to have American-style weaponry. They'll probably have, like, rifles, maybe some, like, more lame pistols. Like, not to make fun of the UK, but, like, they're not known for their love of cool guns. So the right. selection is just Oh, less. America is. I know. I have so yeah. many videos of me shooting guns. Listen. <laughs> listen. But anyway, that's besides the point. So, okay. So I think we're saying, like, depending on the context of whether or not the gameplay makes it appropriate to do so, that it's not so bad that there's real-world brands. Right. Just don't Sims. Michael Bay it in there for no reason. Like, you, you, you know, don't make... Granted, Transformers as a cartoon was basically a, a 22-minute commercial for a kid's toy. I get that. But the movies were even more flagrant in terms of product placement and the fact that it was literally an, an ad. Oh, my God, though. Do you know what is the best product placement ever? Verizon Wireless presents Indominus Rex. Because they're making fun of it, but it's also Verizon Wireless. I love it. Right. I love everything about it. It's so good. That, to me, is the best piece of crossover advertising that's ever happened in a non-video games media. Do you know what I mean? Because it was so tongue-in-cheek, right. and yet you heard Verizon Wireless's name mentioned, like, right. ten times in that yeah. movie. Not an accident. No. Like, that Not was brilliant. Like, I, you know, take note. Okay, so the next one after that is um, when video game stuff goes into the real world so mm -hmm. your mountain dew and things like that how do and you your man in potions yeah. yeah yeah so how do you feel about that sort of exportation from games into the real world you know cross i like that much better i like that much better than the alternative or the or the inverse so instead of having the products placed into the games i am much more happy to accept games or, or game uh, products inspired by the games so you know even though i know that there's a subtle difference between the two i do believe that there is a difference you know the you already have mountain dew and this is just happens to be but again i'm also going to be a a more educated and informed connoisseur so i understand i just bought uh, Mr. T's cereal. I'm sorry, um, are you a connoisseur of video game Mountain Dew now? No, 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 just in general, of connoisseur of things. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, the... I think you're the, right, I, though. Do you think it's because games have a narrative integrity that they need to maintain right. for them to be quote-unquote good, whereas the real world has zero narrative integrity. Like, if you want to fill it's your... No, but it doesn't. Like, if you want to <laughs> fill your real life with My Little Pony stuff and pretend that you're a pony, you can do that. Do you know what I mean? But if Certainly. you put a bunch of My Little Pony stuff in Call of Duty, it seems weird. It does. And and like we said, a little disingenuous. It, it's out of place. It's obviously done uh, on purpose, but potentially 
not in the best interest of the gamer, not to serve the purpose of the ultimate, you know, the nar- the overarching narrative. It's not supposed to be there. Right? Yeah. And so it's it's shoehorned in for the sake of money. And I think that's where I personally have the ethical issue with it. Uh, whereas, you know, because I bought the game for that reason. I can go buy regular Gatorade, but I can't now buy this game because without this stuff shoehorned in it because that's how it was developed yeah because there's like a gatorade mascot in your game now that doesn't make any sense right yeah i agree i think there's no problem with game stuff coming into the real world like get as crass as you want i'm into it do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i would be happy for them to be like i don't know they could put street performers pretending to be like the the Grand Theft Auto hookers on the corner, and I would think it was hilarious. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. But I think I have a lot less patience for things like the Marvel Avengers and Fortnite crossover. Like, why is there someone that looks like Aquaman in a battle royale? It doesn't make any sense. No. And I think the, the, is it... The Verizon crossover in the Marvel Avengers. Oh my God! Or with something the, like yeah, that. Yeah, Verizon even worse. skins. That's disgusting. What are they sponsored? Oh my God! It's like Mystery Men. It. <laughs> They're sponsored by Pepsi. Such, <laughs> Hilarious. Such a good reference oh yes. my god it so is next they're going to be doing like teeth whitening commercials toothpaste commercials right Hilarious. i mean they're they're each each of the characters is basically just their own personal billboard nascar you know with all of your your sponsors are tagged onto your your costume and that's uh, yeah i always I, thought that's I stupid i really find that sort of just in general like not i'm not ragging on nascar because uh professional football teams over here do the same thing where they have brand logos on their shirts right i think it's stupid it makes no sense like why is this team sponsored by a non-sports related thing like they're sponsored by emirates airlines or they're sponsored by axa (laughs) insurance like come on like be sponsored by nike or adidas or like somebody that makes sense like don't be sponsored by something stupid there's like one team and i think it might be chelsea but like don't quote me on this but there's like an advertisement in the stadium all the time for random steel like who's in the market (laughs) to purchase steel in the middle of a match that's only here uh to watch chelsea because of that sponsor it's crazy it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I think I think that it's because games have a narrative that it is unacceptable for real world products to just get shoe or real world um, brands to just get shoehorned onto it because it doesn't really make any sense. But it it doesn't work the other way because you can bring video game stuff into the real world all that you want and it makes perfect sense because you know you can create whatever environment you want to live in in the real world. That's up to you. But that's right. I think where it sort of changes is things like um, custom outerwear because that does make sense regardless of what the product is. So I think that's why Fall Guys is really effective with their skins because the Fall Guy is a little bean, like a little 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 <laughs> yeah. pill boy, and so he's just wearing costumes like clothes that he wants to wear to express himself it's not like there's any context beyond wear something crazy go out and do something crazy so i think that's why it naturally works for like all the brands and i think that that sort of thing like not skins don't make your whole character look like this thing but i think it would make perfect sense if like in the last of us like you went into like a mechanic shop and there was an old like chevy mechanics jumper and you could put it on do you know what i mean like it would make sense it really would so i think and you would probably enjoy it as well. Like, if you're a fan of Chevy or Ford or whatever, you could, like, look through the game to, like, find the brand that you like. And, you know, maybe you wanted to wear an old Metallica t-shirt or whatever. Like, you could have those options. I think that would make it fun. But only when it's clothes. Not when you skin your whole character. Because that makes no sense. Right. That's a really good point. I hadn't actually thought about that. But that's also because that's kind of your area of expertise and... Not so much mine. (laughs) But I think, like, people can be quite cynical about it. But if you actually thought about, like, your Last of Us playthrough, you know, I've watched the game. 
and I can kind of see where some things for crossovers might have been like quite endearing you know so like maybe if there was like starkest tuna on the shelves or like an old dunkaroos do you know what i mean (laughs) like in, in some cafeteria somewhere or like those like um like lunchables or do you know what I mean like I think where you could or Heinz beans or like whatever I think there are some things that people wouldn't be like well that's horrendous product placement we can't have that like it would actually make you feel more nostalgic because if you say like oh this zombie thing happened 10 years ago for example in the case of Last of Us 2 I think I think she's roughly what six years older than she is in the first game six nine ten somewhere around there something like that six six eight years yeah so it would make sense if when the zombie thing happened that everything was sort of frozen in time so if you're watching it from say the present day quote-unquote and you're looking back and you're seeing things from the I think 2012 is when it was 11 2012 is what where it's set uh, or where the world kind of stopped. Yeah, okay, perfect. So if you saw lots of stuff from 2012 or even slightly earlier, because people would still have, you know, like maybe you're going through someone's house and there's like a vinyl record collection and you're seeing like someone's classic Beatles collection. Do you know, like, I think to me that sort of stuff would add like realism and depth because you would instantly know what type of person the house that you were in like what they really cared about you know um there's it's funny that we got on this topic and maybe it's something that the listeners might be interested in doing but there is a guy on youtube i don't know his name but a quick youtube search will come up with it but basically he runs a series where you send him a photo of your room and he tells you what he can figure out about you just from that photo and it's amazing You know, like, you don't realize how much the things you have in your house say about you. And it starts from very general stuff. Like, you know, if someone looked at my house, they would be like, oh, this person cares about order, like, uh, wants to be calm, enjoys everything, having its place, that things match. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. You know, my house is very clean. It's all in the same color palette. Like, things are where they're supposed to be, quote unquote, at least by me. You know, and (laughs) uh, I have a very low interest in books. I own two, two books. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm obviously not consuming written media. I'm probably, you know, I have a 55 inch TV. I wonder what I'm doing in my free time. So I think if games did a little bit more of that, in their environment development to give you more of a subtle idea of what the person is about in ways that you understand I think brands could be very effective for that because if you walked into a room into the last of us and there was like one of those racing car beds uh, a PlayStation 4 uh, or PlayStation 3 it's 2012 so PlayStation 3 um, one of those like bright red TVs you know that were quite popular for kids and like a couple school books or whatever and maybe some like kids bop CDs like you would know it was probably yeah. like a 12 11 12 year old boy do you know what I mean like maybe even younger yeah. maybe 8 to 11 um, and I think that would really go a long way i think you could have less dialogue if there was more real world stuff because you wouldn't have to try to guess what it is you would know what it is right away right show don't tell yeah Yeah. i mean i'm playing devil's advocate obviously the brands that hear this if they ever do are gonna love that idea they're like oh it's in it's (laughs) integral to telling the story but the fact that there's someone who makes their quote-unquote living on the internet analyzing people's rooms and telling a pretty large amount of detail about them from that um, you know, even just whether or not their clocks are in military time or not, then you automatically know if they're American or no. That's yeah. crazy. Do you know what I mean? But it's true. Yeah. Interesting. No, you know, that's one of the things about games. And, and I was, I can't remember, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and, and we were talking about elements from gaming where you've, you didn't even realize necessarily that you had learned something, maybe something from someone else's culture uh, from another time period, something that was historically accurate or of historical relevance. And you, and you learn it sometimes in some ways passively just through playing games. 
you know, we I think we discussed this on a uh, an episode, one of our first episodes, where I was talking about in in uh, Final Fantasy how there's a tremendous amount of of Indian uh, culture, uh, you know, uh, I guess, and uh, not really, uh, it, you know. Basically, just the origins of a lot of older cultures like India, China, Japan, uh, different gods from different areas, a lot of uh, just facts from uh, of, from uh, Scandinavian culture. And you learn these things just through Final Fantasy, and you didn't even know that you're learning about gods from these different cultures. But then when you hear them out of a Final Fantasy context, you're like, oh, I, I know not only what that god looks like but what their powers were supposed to be what their you know and so because that was something that was shown to you in in a game and so you they've they integrate things like that in gaming all the time and and uh I, I, you know i think that there's definitely a place for it i don't know how to do it where it's not gross or nefarious <laughs> that's uh something to be taken advantage of by the advertising companies but i'm sure that there's a way to do it where it adds to the game you know Yeah, I think I think it's possible to do, um, and I think that brands should be more creative and more on the lookout for what naturally makes sense for their brand. Like, stop trying to right. shoehorn things in because that's weird, you know. Like, instead, yeah. think about what makes sense for the existing franchise and what the people that are going to play that game are going to enjoy, and maybe. Don't be such a big weenie. Like, I think it's okay <laughs> to have real guns in games because when they're rated in for mature, it should only be adults playing them. And if it's not, right. that's another issue. Right, and that's, again, that where we talk about the personal responsibilities. So, Well, good. Maybe, maybe it'll work. Uh, someone smarter than me can figure that out. So, Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode's get will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. Please head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever. Is iTunes a thing? ITunes. I think it is a no. <laughs> head, head over to wherever you download your favorite podcast and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.